Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I was perming my hair to look like Justin Timberlake, so. <laughs> right, okay. Well, that. That takes it, we right? Still need to, we still need to revisit that. <laughs> the why. The psychology behind that decision. There, there will never be a good reason, okay? There will just never be a good reason. Hi, Kirby. Hi, Sarah. Welcome, Welcome to, to Los Angeles. Angeles. How's it going? Good. Oliver just looked at me like, who are you talking to? It's your aunt, KJ. Talking to your auntie Kirby. Happy Friday, y'all. We have a delightful interview for you this TGIF. Um, This is a brand I actually just reviewed on the pod. So if that didn't get you excited to buy the product, I think that this interview will definitely open your eyes and inform you on the magic of topicals. Yes. I feel like this episode just reminded me of like why I love doing this podcast. These two brilliant women are creating products for people like themselves and for the underserved community and they're just and they're so fun. The products are so fun and efficacious and I just I'm obsessed with the two of them obsessed with them before we interviewed them even more obsessed with them after um yeah so i can't wait for everyone to listen to this i don't think people really realize this and they they won't get this from the interview but both of them are under the age of 25 i believe they're both 23 if not 23 24 or like 22 23 so they're so young and they've done so much so alamade aloe and claudia tang are the co-founders of topicals it's a brand that's focused on funner flare-ups with scientifically proven ingredients via third-party peer-reviewed clinical studies. The two products that they launched help with skin issues like hyperpigmentation and eczema-prone, dry, and or itchy skin. Alamade launched Shea Girl, a subsidiary of Shea Moisture in 2015 at the age of 19. Okay. And Tang holds six dermatology journals in the Journal of Investigative Dermatology, the Journal of American Medical Association, and British Journal of Dermatology. Like we said, the talent in this room is astronomical. Like, they need to take it down a notch. I don't know how much talent can be packed into two people, but they have it all. The fact that Claudia was a research assistant at Stanford at 14, like, when she was telling us about that, I was like, what was I doing at 14? I was like building floats at school. <laughs> I was like, you know, thinking about ways that I could get my crush to talk to me. Just like so such dumb things. I was perming my hair to look like Justin Timberlake. So. <laughs> right. OK. Well, that. That takes it. We right. Still need to, we still need to revisit that. <laughs> the why. The psychology behind that decision. There, there will never be a good reason. OK. There will just never be a good reason. 
Um, but anyways, Topicals encourages their fans to educate themselves while engaging on platforms like Twitter and Instagram. They share skincare knowledge on all of their socials. Um, their head of education is beloved esthetician and founder of Cave of Beauty, um, who is an incredible skin influencer, but like legit esthetician, licensed, all that good stuff. And instead of covering or hiding their flare-ups, Topicals fans are empowered to share their flare-ups proudly. Additionally, and the the ladies will talk about this in the interview, they are advocates for mental health because there is such a close link to your skin and mental health and how you feel. And they have donated over $11,000 for the Jed Foundation Therapy for Black girls sad girls club and fearless femme 100 so really they have this amazing relationship of like acknowledging okay i don't like my skin right now because it's flaring up and it's acting a damn fool with embracing these things not letting it take down your self-confidence but also saying listen if it does we're not here to sun shove sunshine up your butt like feel those things and also we're going to give back to these communities that are feeling this way so sarah and i huge fans um we think that they're only three months old the brand so they've they're going places and they're going to be around for a very long time so get acquainted with topicals if you're not already and uh enjoy the interview I don't think we're worth. I don't think we're worthy to have these two <laughs> incredible people on the pod. Jillian, who works with uh, these lovely ladies, emailed me about you interviewing you guys before I had my baby, and I was like, "Oh my god, I'm about to have my baby! Like, I want to interview them, them but I know that I'm not going to have enough time. I hope that they still remember us afterwards." And here we are. Praise be. Olamide and Claudia, thank you so, so much for joining us. I'm personally just a big fan of the brand and clearly just a stand for the two of you. I feel like <laughs> I know everything about both of you and your backgrounds and, you know, how you guys came up and then <laughs> met for Topicals. And um, obviously we want to get into all of that good, juicy stuff. But before we get started, let's kick things off with... What's on your face? Okay, Woo-hoo. who wants to start? Tell us one product or two that you are currently obsessed with or that's currently on your face right now. Alama Day, do you want to start? Yeah, okay, great. I'm obsessed with the fresh soy cleanser. Um, I it just it smells really good and it just it works so well to just get grime off, but it's still it's like scent like good for sensitive skin. I just I absolutely love it. Do you know that Kirby's like their main sponsor, but not really sponsored? Truly, this that <laughs> is my holy grail cleanser. And just exactly for the reasons that you said, Alameda, like it's gentle enough, but it still gets my eye makeup off. I don't, it doesn't strip my skin. And it's actually one of the first cleansers I used that didn't give me that squeaky clean feeling where I actually felt clean. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's exactly it. I get, my skin gets really tight after some cleansers, but for this one, it's moisturized after the back. So love that. And sometimes when a a cleanser is too moisturizing or like too balmy, you feel like there might be like 
grease left over, if it doesn't emulsify and things like that. And so for me, I like to feel like my cleanser is actually off of my face. So that's why we stand fresh soy face cleanser over here. Um, Claudia, what's on your face? Okay, so what's on my face that I am obsessed with right now is actually a body product. It's um, the Necessaire Body Serum. And it's marketed as like a hyaluronic acid for your body. Um, but it, I've been putting it on my face, um, just so, sort of like I've been traveling and I ran out of some of my serums, my hydrating serums, and I put it on my face and I'm blown away. And for the the price of it to the size of it, it's like very cost effective as like a moisturizing serum on your face as well. So now I'm using it on my face and my body. My skin is happy. I'm great. Claudia. Oh my God. You guys are like talking about two of our favorite brands. It's almost like you guys are, you guys studied us before you came on here, but I know that you did it. I promise we did it. I promise we did it. Like when I tell you that Claudia is obsessed with Necessaire, like she is, she gets boxes. Like she's actually still in New York. I'm in LA and like boxes are still coming to the apartment. And I'm like, you're not even here. Why are you getting Necessaire boxes delivered to the house? Oh my God. Kirby and I are both such huge stands of Necessary too. We had Randy on um, and she's just so brilliant and so lovely. Um, and funny enough, uh, Claudia, I showered today and I was like, I had my, <laughs> I, when I shower now, I have my baby in the shower watching me because I have to watch her and I have to squeeze in like time for a shower. So I'm not even like, I'm like, it's literally like the quickest shower in my entire life. So I accidentally put the exfoliator on my face. <laughs> And and I was like, oh, this is actually this feels nice. It's not bad. Who knows? Maybe I'll break out later. I probably won't because I feel like it's like uh, skincare grade products for the body, which is why it's it's okay to use, right? Correct with the with the serum as well. I absolutely do that on my face as well in the shower because I hate to admit this, but I can sometimes I often forget to wash my face, um, and so when I'm in the shower, I'll just. Uh, squeeze a little bit uh, extra of that on and put it on my face. I do that too. No, I, I use it for my face as well. So so far, so good. Oh my god, so. you guys were all sisters. I love. That. I freaking <laughs> love, and I love that tip. I'm gonna start using the serum on my face. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Uh, first of all, I'm such a big fan of this brand. I think you guys knocked it out of the park. You know, Sarah and I talk a lot about new brands coming on and and like what what they're fixing or what not even fixing what void they're filling in the market right and I'm sure you two felt the same way like there are so many products that claim to fix my skin quote unquote but are they really doing anything and is it even fun and I love the funner flare-ups angle I love that the packaging makes you happy to use it to look at um and I just love the messaging overall and the fact that you guys give back so congratulations I think that it's just everything it checks all the boxes and that's why you have such a devoted fan base. But you both grew up with chronic skin conditions. Can you discuss your separate experiences with A, getting diagnosed and then trying to treat things like hyperpigmentation and eczema uh, before you ended up taking matters into your own hands? Like I'm sure that that was a process in itself to be taken seriously. So before I answer that question, I actually have a really funny anecdote that I want to share. There's a tweet that you put out in 2018 and you were like, I'm just going to say it. There are too many beauty launches and nothing stands out to me. And I actually wrote an article and released it probably like two months ago. And it was about how Gen Z is changing the meaning of beauty. 
and your tweet is the headline post for it, which is oh so funny, God. super full circle here. But I think we're super honored to hear that because I think the process to get here, which we'll share about our backgrounds and how it led here, but I think Claudia and I, we're, you know, when you're too close to the problem or you're too close to the brand, like for us, we see so many things where we're like, we wish we could have done this better. We wish we could have done this better, but we're so happy that people resonate with what we're doing because we really did put our own personal experiences into the brand. For myself, I grew up with a ton of chronic skin conditions. So acne, dark spots, ingrown hairs, boils. I was like the girl who had it all. Like I used to get made fun of when I was like, probably like 10 because I, I grew like body hair before anyone else, any of my cousins, any of my siblings. And so I shaved first and shaving and hair and just that whole experience was super traumatizing to me because I had a bunch of ingrown hairs after that. Right. And so I just grew up feeling like an outsider in the beauty industry. And I think the skin conditions that I had were not what you saw in, you know, 17 magazine. Like the girls were not saying, oh, hey, look at my ingrown hairs or hey, look at my boils. And so I think acne has has now become this, you know, mainstream topic. But a lot of the skin conditions that I dealt with weren't like that. And then on top of that, being a darker skinned black woman, when you go to the doctor, a lot of them are just like, to be completely honest, I don't know how to treat skin of color or I've never really seen this kind of representation in maybe my textbooks. And so I think for me, I became a YouTube guru. Um, this was like back in 2008. My mom used to always make fun of me and be like, who are these people that you are watching on the internet? Like, who are these videos of YouTubers that you're watching? But that became my de facto doctor or my like skincare authority because medical, you know, the medical system didn't really treat what I had. And then when I walked into like a CVS aisle, a lot of the brands there, you know, they didn't resonate with me or they didn't actually even work. And so that's really how I came about in the beauty world and how I grew up wanting to be a dermatologist. I'd always loved science, always, you know, wanted to do something in that field and settled on dermatology when I got to UCLA. Um, and then I was super fortunate when I was at UCLA because I was both an athlete and a student. I didn't have the same kind of time that everyone else has to do, you know, clinical rotations. And so I was really fortunate that I met Rochelle Dennis, who was my previous co-founder for my previous startup. And um, her father was the founder of Shea Moisture. And she told me she had grown up watching him build all these brands for underserved communities. And she really wanted to do that for young women of color. And it resonated with me because I was a young woman of color who didn't see myself represented in beauty. And so we spent two years building that, learning all that you need to know about how do you build a brand that really has a devoted fan base. And I think that is testament to what we've done now at Topicals. And when I connected with Claudia and heard about her background and her experience, it really made sense for us to come together and launch Topicals. I don't want to glaze over that because like you say, it's so matter of factly because it was your life, but that is incredible to launch a brand of that magnitude at that age. I mean, stars aligned. You had some good karma coming to you, girl. Like, you made it work. And I remember when I was writing um, the story, the Changemaker story, um, and I was looking up, you know, everything about you and Claudia. I'm like, these women have done more in their short life on earth than like most people do in an entire lifetime. It is truly, truly incredible. Both of your backgrounds, all the accomplishments that you have achieved both together and separately. So I hope that you find some time to like show yourself some love and each other some love because Sarah and I could never. What do we show ourselves love? <laughs> That's something that we actively struggle with on a 
yeah, I think as a brand that talks about mental health, like we are also struggling to to do that. I think mental health is is a journey, right? And I think it is hard to to stop and stop, smell the flowers. But I think also because we're young women of color, we've had to work twice as hard, three times as hard sometimes to get the same kind of accolades or same kind of recognition. And so I think it's now become our superpower. Yes. Um, by the way, Topicals is really good at social, just FYI. Um, you're really kick it, killing it. I know there's honestly like not like you guys, like Kirby said, you check all the boxes of what a successful brand needs to be in 2020. Like you guys absolutely kill it. Thank you. Claudia, that is all Claudia. Like she is, we have our, we have our own separate, you know, functions and domains of where we're good at and we overlap in several areas, but I really owe a lot to what Topicals is to Claudia. Um, I had the idea and met her, you know, through a mutual friend and we didn't know each other at all and built a relationship over Zoom and over FaceTime for like eight months. And then, cause we met in January, 2019, she came down and we met for the first time in August of 2019. And from there, and we've been like inseparable when it comes to the brand by, oh, Claudia. So this is my, my public owed to Claudia, owe her for just so much, everything that she's done to bring the brand to fruition. She led on branding, she led on product, she led on tone of voice, she led on social. There's really nothing Claudia can do, can't do. Wow. Okay, wait. So earlier you were saying that the Necessera products were coming to the apartment. Are you guys roommates too? Yes, we are. Oh my God, that is so cute. <laughs> It's so funny because our lease is actually ending like pretty soon. And Alameda and I were saying like when we move to our new places, like we still have to somewhat live together. Like even if it's not in the same apartment, it needs to be where like if we have an idea, we can like run to the other person at midnight and and tell the other person because that's how we operate right now. Yeah. So we'll probably be in the same apartment building and probably have like two units when other. Um, but we'll be like, I'll be like, knocking on her door every 10 minutes. I do that now. I'm calling her like 24 seven. Hey, like I called her today and she's like, what, what questions do you have? And I was like, I think I just wanted to hear your voice if that's okay. Oh, oh, so (laughs) cute. But I'm sure, you know, living together as roommates, being co-founders, running a company together, it's probably really difficult to like not work and relax. You're just constantly running a business, but it also sounds like a lot of fun. Yes, both yes. <laughs> so, Claudia, I want to hear about your experience, what you struggled with skincare wise, and you know, the process leading up to topicals. Yeah, sure. So, I grew up with uh, really, really severe eczema, was like in and out of the doctor's office all throughout my childhood. And um, if you're someone who has severe eczema, also, I think you typically like if you have eczema, you probably have a myriad of other things like you have allergies. It's this like big sort of like family of, of, um, I don't know what I would call them, like sort of um, accessory chronic illnesses <laughs> that come along with eczema. Um, and so I was, I was dealing with all of that all throughout childhood. Um, and um, just remember growing up and feeling really um, isolated uh, because of that. I had to bring all of my prescription steroids with me to class and to school. Um, my eczema was se- severe enough where um, I would have to go to the nurse's office, like take breaks throughout school to go to the nurse's office and like apply ointments and uh, was always like super embarrassed to go to like sleepovers, um, for example, because I knew that I would have to bring my um, my creams with me. And uh, that really just sort of like jump-started my passion um, for dermatology. So 
I got started in um, dermatology clinical research in high school. My, my parents had just moved to um, California. And so um, over the summer, I reached out to um, Stanford's Department of Dermatology and um, asked if I could be a research assistant. Um, and it ended up working out really well. And I worked in their uh, clinical research department for like all throughout high school, all throughout college and post-graduation as well, studying non-melanoma skin cancers and um, eczema and um, a rare genetic disease called um, epidermolysis bullosa. Um, and I feel so privileged and so, yeah, just so privileged to have had that experience so early on. It really opened my eyes to a lot of things. Um, one, like sort of how drug development uh, works and how um, the development of pharmaceutical therapies, um, how that whole process happens. Um, our products are obviously not pharmaceuticals. They're over the counter because we want them to be accessible. Um, but just having the insight into how that process takes place, I think has been really instrumental in the way that we think through our own product development. I also learned a lot about patient experience. Um, I, my, my personal experience is um, you know, really helps to inform decisions that we make, um, the way that we talk to our community, um, the, the experiences that we touch on, those are all super, super personal to both Alameda and I, because we experience all those things and we make those types of jokes to each other. Um, but also just um, hearing from other patients where they felt like they needed more out of their user experience was super, super helpful in crafting what we wanted topicals to be. And then lastly, I think working in in healthcare really opened my eyes to disparities in people's access to healthcare. When I was working on um, the clinical trials that were studying this rare genetic disease that I mentioned, um, a lot of the patients who were enrolled in those clinical trials, the only way that they were able to get standard of care for this super, super debilitating disease, the average lifespan of someone who has this disease is, I think, like around 30 years. The only way that they were able to get standard of care was through a clinical trial. And I thought that that was so outrageous. And so that's sort of something that I voiced to the mutual friend that connected Alamede and I, because um, I knew that she was looking to start something that democratized people's access to science-backed skincare, and also just provided better resources, better education to communities that typically don't get those. Um, and, and figuring out how we can just really make this type of information and education and product more accessible to people was really important to us. So I think that's something that we really, really connected on and something that we hold super dear when we think about what direction we want to take topicals in. Claudia also always forgets this, but I always hype her up, but Claudia has six dermatology publications under her belt already. So uh, she says high school, but she's been working at Stanford since she was 14. And so when I tell you I was blown away just by, again, the way she talks about drug development, the way she talks about user experience, just the, the breadth of knowledge that she has around making science so accessible. Like I was a pre-med study student at UCLA, but I struggled so much to understand that, like how this applied to real life. And Claudia does a brilliant job of just doing that. And I think that's why you see that in our branding and in our social is she just knows how to make science so fun and so accessible to people. Yeah, you can definitely tell, especially on Twitter. I love when you guys host little like tweet Q&As and people can ask their skincare questions or you're basically breaking down, okay, this is faded. This is These are the ingredients and like, why they work and and what they're like why they're important and then going into well why does it smell like this or you know <laughs> and then you're like okay you said you wanted something effective not something that smelled like roses right so you can definitely see that emphasis on like democratizing 
science and education through your social, through product packaging. The website does an extraordinary job of that as well. Perfect pair right here. Perfect pairing. You get both sides that you need to bring it all together and you you created such a beautiful little baby because it's only what been since August that you guys launched or September? Three months, August. <laughs> she's still, the, our baby is still so small, but but she's, I mean, she's doing really well. She's, she's, um, she's keeping us busy to say the least. (laughs) She's thriving. How do you guys think that the beauty industry handles topics like flare-ups pre you guys? And maybe this is why you guys decided to launch Topicals. Um, What what work do you think needs to be done in terms of how the beauty industry approaches flare-ups and eczema and skin conditions? I think that um, the way that Alameda and I see um, the way that skin conditions have been handled is kind of like in two parts. I think one part is this, and this one is probably more uh, robust. It's been around for longer, but it's like the really clinical um, medical approach to skin conditions and seeing it as just a really like medicalized issue that you you should really only be talking to a doctor about. Um, people who have skin conditions are only really represented in clinical before and afters or in the space in the white space sort of of of, of medicine. And uh, I think Alamede and I saw a couple of problems with that. One is that um, a lot of prescribed products don't work for people. For example, topical steroids can cause a lot of side effects in a lot of different people. And uh, outside of sort of the products not really being working for everyone, you know, prescriptions are not always accessible to a lot of people too. And then on the more emotional side, um, being relegated, and we've both Alameda and I, I think have experienced this firsthand, but being relegated as a person with a skin condition, even as um I wouldn't, I wouldn't say harmless, but I, I guess in, in the grand scheme of conditions as harmless as eczema can feel really demoralizing to only be seen as sort of like a patient almost like you're being studied constantly when you go to the doctor's office and they're saying, oh, well, you know, bleach baths didn't work for you. Let's try this. Let's try this. Let's try this. Um, and it can be it can really take a toll on your mental health being seen as strictly a patient or someone who is different because you have to go to the doctor rather than your favorite beauty store to get your skincare products from. Um, It's a really isolating and alienating experience that I think trickles down to to misinformation in, you know, in your community. For example, in school, if other kids don't know what eczema is because there isn't representation of that or um, representation of other skin conditions, then they're going to ask you, ew, what is that on your arm? Like, is that rash contagious? And that can be really debilitating as well. So I think that's, that's one, um, segment of the market that Alameda and I saw needed um, some updates, I guess. And then another space that we talk a lot about is uh, skin posi- the skin positivity space. I think another um, lane that the skincare industry has gone in is um, really sort of declaring or really like staking their claim on, on skin positivity, where everything is about loving your skin, love the skin that you're in, you know, your skin doesn't define you. And I think in some ways, that space can also feel exhausting. It can, it can because when you have a skin condition, especially one that's that can be really painful. You know, cystic acne is incredibly painful. Um, having eczema or having psoriasis can be incredibly uncomfortable and painful. So being constantly told to love your skin and and to you know always be positive about your skin can also feel really exhausting in a lot of ways. And, and, and I don't think that that also resonates with a lot of people. And so, and I also think there's some, 
there's sort of like this interesting line that you teeter as a skincare brand when you're telling people to love the skin that you're in no matter what. Um, and then also, you know, selling them skincare that is supposed to quote unquote, like fix your skin. Um, and Alameda and I grapple with that on a daily basis. We constantly go back and forth on how we can sort of communicate what we're trying to communicate while also providing solutions that people are asking for that people oftentimes need. Um, so I think what topicals is trying to do differently is, um, one, really get people who have skin conditions and who have skin skin concerns, things that, you know, not, no one really has like quote unquote good skin or perfect skin, but people who have skin conditions out of sort of the clinical space because people who have skin conditions have full robust lives outside of the doctor's office. Your skin is not defined by a skin condition. It shouldn't be medicalized. And um, we saw this in acne, right? Um, when when um, acne brands um, or when people used to have acne before, um, acne became more of sort of like a beauty or skincare aisle type of condition, you could really only get acne care from your doctor. Um, and then it became this thing with uh, proactive, for example, where getting acne care became much more accessible, became sort of like a, uh, a more, yeah, it, it became um, more commercialized. And um, I think that really changed the way that people saw acne. Acne is also a, a chronic skin condition. It's not just something that you get in puberty. A lot of a lot of adults have chronic acne. Um, but what we, um, I guess, what we see as being overlooked are the fifteen to twenty other skin conditions, just like acne, who also deserve their time in the spotlight and deserve as many treatment options and, and as many management options as a, a chronic skin condition like acne has. Um, so that's where Topicals really wants to sit. We want to create more accessible products, better and more effective products for these other skin conditions. And we also wanna create a, a, a space where you can talk about the fact that you hate you know, having eczema or psoriasis or um, acne or dark spots or hyperpigmentation because that's the reality of your situation. You can be sarcastic, you can poke fun at yourself because we all do that. It's not realistic to always be positive and to always love yourself, but to also create a space where you feel supported in expressing yourself through your skin any way that you so choose. That's great. And I have a question. Do you feel like, though, you know, I, I we do see a lot of brands, you know, um, talking about skin positivity, like you mentioned, and, and embracing it and stuff, but with all the, like, filters on Instagram that are, you know, kind of gives us that what is it that the baby face glow like do you think it's brands are actually authentically supporting skin positivity and i think that's where claudia was talking about this this thing that we grapple with right about like selling someone a product but then also being like love yourself everything's perfect like who cares what you look like um because it's not realistic we all especially with zoom we all have we're sitting in front of cameras all day you know, to tell someone, you know, it doesn't really matter if you have acne. And, it, and I mean, it doesn't really matter. But reality, like some things are easier said than done, right? And so we leave space for our community to live in both worlds. I think what we love is the optionality. Opt in, opt out, opt whenever. That's really what we're trying to tell our community. And I think that's where fun or flare-ups came, right? We didn't want it to be like, no flare-ups. We didn't want it to be like, get rid of your flare-ups. We never use that language, right? Get rid. Um, like we never use like negative connotations around skin because your skin is yeah, fluid. Yeah, like pure. Right. Your skin is fluid and messy just like you are. And so we use fun or flare-ups to mean less painful, less frequent, 
but we're not saying you're going to have perfect skin. We always say at topicals, who cares looks fade because at the end of the day, looks really do fade. But at the same time, it's a bit nihilistic because you kind of care at the same time. And I think there's space in that to like hate that you have a skin condition, but also love and have and, and be like progressing within your self journey around what you feel about your skin. I feel like that is why you guys are so successful and why you have such a loyal and strong fan base is because you guys keep it so real in that way. And and maybe, you know, Gen Z does more than millennials do. I certainly think so. Like, I feel like my of the younger generation is definitely definitely keeps it more real than I do when it comes to my skin. Um, but I, that, I just, that's what I love about you guys so much. And Kirby too, I know. Yeah, it was interesting because often when I write about acne or any skin condition, it's been programmed in me almost to write, like if you struggle with, and like even that word, I mean, I think I wrote it in a question. I was like, you both struggled with, and I'm like, nope. We're not saying struggle. Like there are things in life that you like legit struggle with, but like your skin shouldn't be one of them. It's like you should just, you should be able to accept what's going on. Like you said, hate, love, whatever it is, opt in, opt out. Yeah, I, I love that you're really being cognizant of language as well and, and keeping in mind that, you know, like, why are we, why were we taught that, like, we struggle with acne? Like, why? <laughs> right. Every commercial I think growing up, do you struggle with acne? Like, use proactive solution. And it's like, okay, great. I'll, I'll be on that subscription right now. We've learned as a brand and something that we want to, and I want to give hints, but Claudia is going to be mad at me, so I won't give hints. But um, that unlearning process is something that is super core um, to who we are. And, and we hope to, to make that more evident um, in the next, in the coming like days, weeks, months, of, and years of topicals, right? How do we unlearn these standards of beauty that are not even real? Like when you start to drill down, at, at like for example, the one about body hair is the one that bothers me so much, which is why I'm obsessed with Billy, right? I'm obsessed with their whole idea of like, shave, don't shave, because I was someone where I was like, I wanted to shave so bad that I caused more problems than I originally had just having the hair on my body. And so I think when you start asking the questions as to like, why do we shave? And, and I'm, I'm a big academic as Claudia is as well. But when you go back in the history of shaving, like shaving ads didn't start until the seventies. Like women were not shaving their hair in the sixties, in the fifties, forties, you know, people were not shaving. It wasn't until the seventies and we created, it's always capitalism, right? But created this whole category of like women's razors and women should shave more so they don't smell bad. And, but like men don't shave, right? Men don't do all of those things. And I think again, opt in, opt out, opt whenever around shaving as well. But I think that idea that we can unlearn and we can question archaic beauty standards is, is what we're about. And I think for me personally, my journey with that being a darker skinned black woman is like unlearning. Why is it that darker skin? Like why do people feel a certain way about darker skinned and, and being beautiful? Um, bigger lips, bigger noses. Like even myself, I, I grapple with this question often. Like, why do I want a smaller nose? Why do I want my nose to look a certain way? And so I think for us, we hope to be that beacon in our community where we're helping people unlearn those toxic beauty standards. So Topicals launched with two hero products. There's Faded, which I've talked about on What's on Your Face. I love it and um, like butter. So Faded includes ingredients like tranexamic acid, which is one of my favorite, favorite ingredients of all time. I have melasma and I have it um, from my IUD. So 
my melasma will stay put until I get these hormones out of my body. <laughs> but um, I know tranexamic acid is one of those ingredients that I'm just such a huge fan of. There's niacinamide. And then like butter is like this like just beautiful hydrating like mask moisturizer hybrid. Were these always the two products that you guys wanted to launch with? Did you guys initially want to launch with two products? Was it one product? So um, our so when we first started our first iteration of what topicals was, um, we started with um, the very, very version one of Faded. And we had a, a small focus group of around like 150 people that we used to give us feedback on what they wanted to improve about Faded, what they thought of it, um, that kind of thing. Um, and something that we heard from this uh, focus group was that um, the reason why they wanted to treat their hyperpigmentation was because of um, because they were getting the hyperpigmentation from some underlying skin condition, um, and and a lot and our our community is multicultural. We have a lot of women of color, um, and women of color are more prone to hyperpigmentation because their melanocytes are naturally more active, um, and so. When we heard this, um, we knew that we needed to create supplemental products to treat the underlying skin skin conditions or help manage those underlying skin conditions, um, so that you know you could be helping to manage your the skin condition that you were having that was causing the inflammation that was then causing the hyperpigmentation. Um, and a lot of our community had eczema. Um, eczema is also a really common skin condition in um, communities of color. So um, we knew that that was um, a skin condition that we really, really wanted to go after. And that's why we decided to pair those two products together. That's great. When you launched Faded, like I remember very vividly a tweet being, it was like, Y'all didn't ask for like a smell good, you know, rosy posy situation. Like you guys wanted something that works and I hadn't tried the product yet. So I'm like, well, damn, is this thing just stinky? Like, what is it? Like, I need to, I, I don't need anything to smell like too fragrant by any means, but I need to enjoy putting it on. Like that has to be part of the process. So when I finally got it and I was starting to use it, I don't know what this says about me. But I like the smell. Like, I know that sounds weird, <laughs> but it reminds me of hot dog water in the best way possible. It, like, has this – it's, like, it's like savory smelling. I, it's, it's so funny that you say that, right? Because I run Twitter. So I am the one that tweeted that tweet that was, like – it was, like um, – it was, like um, – uh, do y'all smell good after you work really hard? And I was like, Faded yeah. is working really hard on your skin, something like that. And people like were cracking up at it. And that's, I mean, again, our brand voice is very like homegirl, very like girlfriend, very funny because you have to be comedic at like your skin situation sometimes because it just, it sucks. They were just like laughing it off and people agreed. They were like, I haven't used anything that worked like this. So if that means I have, it has to smell a little bit more because there's an ingredient here that really works, like people are willing to do that. And so I think Claudia was the one that named Faded uh, the stinky legend. Um, and so <laughs> it, it I, I love that you said hot dog water because I think it's um, by Biologique Recherie. They have the P, is it P4, P50? Yeah, P50. People are obsessed with it and they say it smells like hot dog water. So I'm honored actually <laughs> that you would say and same with uh, the CE Ferulic, which we all love and use, and it also smells like hot dog water. It's from SkinCeuticals, yes. I would say it reminds me a lot of the, the CE Ferulic, um, but it's funny because like they don't have similar ingredients. 
which is so wild. When people were like messaging me about Faded, they're like, okay, but like, tell me about the smell. I'm like, I'm the wrong person to ask because I'm like just like slathering it all over, like sniffing it, freaking loving it. Um, But on the flip side, like butter, it smells so good. I think so too. The other day, I felt like it was like a, a nice like chai tea. Like I was like, I felt like relaxed putting it on. And also I've been using it as a moisturizer, which I know that you guys say on your, you know, on Instagram that it's okay to do that. But again, me being like half asleep all the time, I thought it was a moisturizer at first and not a hydrating mask. So I complete was using as that and I love it and will continue to use it as a sleep mask. So, or a sleep moisturizer. I love that you pointed out that it, it's like chai tea smelling because I think there's a lot of, um, Claudia put in a lot of Chinese medicine, like ingredients, basic Chinese medicine in the formula because there's just a wealth of knowledge in Chinese culture around eczema, around dry skin. And so I think that's why it smells like that. And then to be fair, to clear the air for the stinky legend, we did reformulate last month and definitely smells a lot less like hot dog water. It's not perfect. We're always going to be in constant communication with our community to make products better. We actually love when people are super open with us about their feedback, but it, it for anyone listening, we have reformulated. It does smell considerably better. Um, not perfect, but we'll continue to improve if you continue to tell us that you want us to. I saw that on the website. It was like reformulated to be like, it was like put so, so delicate. Like it was like very, very posh the way you guys put it. And I was laughing. I'm like, oh, they took the stank out. That's what they did. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you guys. What does a good skin day look like for each of you? Claudia, do you want to start? Yes. I have obviously very eczema prone skin. I have very sensitive skin. Um, I'm prone to uh, redness and I'm prone to like having my skin feel very tight. Um, Living in LA does not help. So um, I think a good skin day for me is when my skin does not feel tight and it it does not feel red and hot all the time. If I can accomplish that with the different skincare products that I'm using, then I consider that to be a success. Are you willing to share like a current routine that you have? Oh, absolutely. My routine is so basic. Like it's really not anything to write home about, but I can share my routine for sure. Um, I, what do I use? I use the um, CeraVe uh, hydrating cleanser, I think it's called or something. It's the, it's the one that everyone uses. Um, and then I use, I use uh, the, this like, I think it's pronounced, is it Bakuchiol by Herbivore? Really, really love that serum. Um, and then I, oh, I also, I double cleanse too with um, the squalane oil from Biosance. I love that one. Um, and then I also use um, like butter, obviously. That's like what goes on top of it everything. And then oftentimes I'll layer under that another hydrating serum. Um, and I alternate between, these are very different price points, but I alternate between the ordinary hyaluronic acid serum and the um, drunk elephant Ooh, one. Love. I love a, a, a multiple price point regimen. That's that's what I'm into. Olama day, please. So a good skincare day is when I actually, this is, is probably going to be a little bit TMI, but this is when I get to shower at a decent hour. Okay staying locked at home. I don't know about y'all, but it's like you look up and it's like two o'clock and you're like, what have I been doing all day? So a good skincare day for me is when I get to, I love like a hot steamy shower, which is bad for you, but you know, there's, you gotta, you gotta trade some things. Right. But, um, I love a good hot shower. Um, I love to use, um, 
products that are hydrating. I have oily skin and a lot of people who have oily skin think that they should be using products that draw out the moisture or draw out the oil. But in reality, what I've learned from Claudia and from other um, estheticians that we work with is that sometimes oily skin is just really, really dry skin that's overproducing oil to make up for it. So I love to use a lot of hydrating things, even though my skin may not feel squeaky clean. Sarah, we kind of talked about this. Um, I love, like I said, the fresh uh, soy cleanser. Um, I'm pretty basic. Faded and like butter really do sit in my routine because I am the person that's doing a thousand things at, at one time. So I love targeted solutions. So I made topicals honestly for myself. And so I use faded and right after that I use like butter and that's, and then sunscreen. Sunscreen is, is, the, is what, I, what I have to use. And so a good skincare day for me is just getting through my routine and then feeling moisturized so I don't feel oily. Like I love feeling plump and moisturized, not heavy and oily. Do you have a specific routine for a flare-up? Yes, um, I definitely do. So I'm on the topical steroids train. Unfortunately, I'm trying to like wean myself off, but I've been using them for so long that I'm actually, to admit, that I'm kind of scared to stop using them. Um, so I do use that and then I um, slather like butter on top. So like butter is for your face or it's marketed or we, we position it as a face mask, but I use it. I get really bad eczema in between my fingers, like in the crevices of my fingers. And then I also get it really bad on my neck and my, um, inside of my elbows. Um, and so I will oftentimes like slather like butter on top of those areas, even though it's a face mask and it has worked really, really well for me, um, on the body as well. So I am the acne prone person. And so I had the largest zit on my chin. I would FaceTime Claudia and she'd be like, I wish I was there to pop that on your face. Um, and it was just, it was so juicy and so white, but I hate popping pimples because I'm, as a darker skinned woman, I'm more prone to, to hyperpigmentation. And so I just put some um, faded on there and faded is not for acne. Like we didn't make it for acne, but it works so well on acne. Um, and so multi, I'm telling you a multitasker, but I will slather that on and then leave it. And I, my chin is smooth now. Like the, the bump has gone down considerably over like two days. And so um, that's how I usually tackle flare ups is like use faded as a spot treatment. I wonder if it's like a combination of like the anti-inflammatory ingredients and then also like the niacinamide that kind of like sucks it down a little bit and reduces like the swelling and the size because that would make complete sense to me. Yeah, I think so. Because azelaic acid, I know, is really great for acne. And so what I think, and Claudia, please, please tell us your genius here. But a lot of what I think faded is, is um, like Claudia said, it's like anticipating inflammation. And so you can anticipate all, all types of inflammation. And then so your dark spots go away. Any kind of acne or any kind of inflammation that was coming also is stopped at its track. But Claudia, clarify for us, please. Everyone talks about the tranexamic acid and the azelaic acid and niacinamide and faded, but actually the, the ingredients that I was most excited are the um, licorice root, the turmeric root, and the um, centella asiatica because those three, they are... Well, they ha they're kind of like multitaskers. They're anti-inflammatory. Um, they're also they also um, sort of target different pathways in the um, the hyperpigment like the, the mechanism behind hyperpigmentation. Um, and then they all they they're kind of yeah they're just kind of um, really great for a myriad of things. Um, and uh, turmeric root and licorice root also um, they have like antioxidant properties. I'm pretty sure that 
one of the compounds in licorice root is also kind of antibacterial. So they're, they're multitasking. And I think that a lot of the ways that they multitask is really effective against acne, which is inflammatory. So, yep. Awesome. Love, love, love. So Topicals has pledged to donate 1% of its profits to mental health organizations. And you guys have only been around for a few months and you've already donated over $10,000 to date. Um, which is incredible. Um, can you tell us why you decided to do this as a brand? Yeah, I think for us, we both grew up struggling. Actually, see, struggling, right? We both grew up I know. Um, dealing with skin conditions that made us feel less than. And so um, we know that people with chronic skin conditions are two to six times more likely to experience depression and anxiety. And so we felt like if we were going to build a brand that was going to help tackle, I guess, like one side of your routine, we wanted it to be a holistic kind of experience. When you have a chronic skin condition, it's not just about, oh, I'm trying to calm my flare up down. There's so many other things um, that come along with having a skin condition. Like Claudia mentioned earlier, when you have a chronic skin condition, it leads to a variety of illnesses. Um, And I think what we wanted to be as a brand was not just, hey, we're here to sell you a product, but we wanted to be a safe space for people to come and understand more about themselves. Um, And we also just believe that there's a huge connection between skin health and mental health, and not enough people were talking about that. I think we all know that we're using face masks to, we always say mask to unmask something, right? We're using these face masks to alleviate some kind of stress of the day or to forget, you know, something that happened. And so I think for us, we just knew that it made more sense for us as a brand to pledge to do this. One, because we wanted to have some kind of financial um, stake in the ground. Um, putting your money where your mouth is, is the number one way to really show you support a cause. And so we've pledged 1% minimum, you know, we at today, obviously we're a very small company. We've donated way more than 1% of profits and we're so happy to do that. I think we're actually up to $14,000 donated now. And so we, we think it's important because of our own personal experience, but then when also looking at the data around how our community was dealing with this. And again, looking at the skin positivity movement, looking at social media generally, you could see that people were struggling not only with, you know, their skin, but also with what it felt like to live as an outsider. I think it's so smart. And I love that right out the gate, you both decided to do that. Um, It's it's like a a perfect synergy there. Um, And I know that you talked about how you and Claudia kind of grappled with like the fact that you're a beauty brand selling beauty products, but then you know, trying to tell people that you don't need to, to look or be a certain way. And I think having that component brings it all full circle. You know what I mean? Because at the very least, I think beauty enthusiasts, as we like to call people that buy, we don't, we, I hate calling them beauty consumers. It's just like so capitalism, right? But um, I think beauty enthusiasts, they want to know that the brands that they are purchasing from get it. You know, like I know that there are so many people who now are like, okay, who founded this brand and like, what is their political affiliation? Like things like that. So it's like at the bare minimum, I think people that love beauty and are passionate about skincare and makeup and hair and all of those things, body care, they want to know like, okay, does the brand that I am putting like money in their pocket, like what are they doing with that money? Do they understand like things that are happening in real time? Are they outdated? Topicals really is just like current 
And um, I, I did want to say, like, I know earlier we were like, checklist for brands that need to, you know, launch in 2020, like you hit all the boxes. But I, tr- I truly think this brand is going to have so much longevity and I can't wait to see how it evolves and changes and grows as you guys hit milestones in your little baby's business. So congratulations to both of you. We cannot wait to see what you guys are cooking up. We hear that there are, are new things and we cannot wait because you both are so brilliant. Ladies, thank you both so, so much. You're fabulous. I'm glad we finally got this on the books. Where can we find Topicals and both of you and and where should we follow? So you can follow us on social at Topicals. Um, You can also find us on mytopicals.com or at Nordstrom through the holidays. Um, We're in a limited edition partnership with them that we're really excited about. Um, So catch us there. Um, also you can keep up with me at all socials, Alameda Aoloe. Um, I talk a lot about just the business behind beauty and what does it take to build a brand and how hard it is. Cause I think that's something people don't also understand. I think we're in the day and age now of uh, people being extremely critical of brands, which is warranted, but I think people also forget there are people behind the brand or for example, our customer service team that it's like, it's real human beings that are answering your questions. And so I try to be very transparent about the highs and lows of what it feels like to grow a business like and to be on the center stage i don't really have social media you're like i'm too busy running topicals i don't have time for my own yeah she's like so i just formulated stuff so <laughs> no i'm i'm not on social because i'm making a difference in the world thank you so 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 much for having us i think we were honored to be on this talk show or this podcast and um this conversation was so fun thank you so much you're so welcome we're obsessed with you guys so hopefully this won't be the last time you guys are on here i hope so too i don't want this i don't want this to be the last time we chat Awesome. Everyone, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Gloss Angeles. You know where to find us. We're on Instagram and Twitter at Gloss Angeles Pod. Find our Facebook group and join or visit us at glossangelespod.com. You'll get every link to every product that's mentioned in each episode and you can listen there too. And we will talk to you on Tuesday. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.